Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to our service online this morning from St. Paul's in Leamington. I hope you've survived the mini heat wave we had this week and are feeling a little bit more comfortable now it's a bit cooler this morning. I was reflecting just on the power of the sun and then of the God who made the sun and billions of stars like it. We come to worship him, the wonderful, awesome creator who knows how weak we are but loves us just the same. Let's pray as we come to worship and then Rich and Alison will lead us in song. Lord God, our Father, we praise you that you are the majestic creator of the heavens and the earth of all that there is. We worship you this morning. Send your spirit on us and we pray that what we bring to you will be pleasing to you and we pray too that you will speak to us and lead us closer to you and we offer this service to you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Good morning, it's good to be with you today. This week we're going to be carrying on thinking about the book of Acts and what happened to the very first Christians. Last week you might remember that Kate and Jonathan told us about how Peter and John were telling lots of people about Jesus and how they carried on doing that even when they knew they were likely to get into trouble. And Kate encouraged us all to be brave in telling people about Jesus ourselves. This week we're going to think about what happened after that with Peter and John. But before we do that, I'd like to play a little game. And it's a game called What Would You Do First? So I'm going to give you some situations where people get into a bit of difficulty. And I'd like you to have a think about what you would do if you were in that situation. You uh, can either think about it yourself, I'll give you a little bit of time, or if you're with other people, you might want to talk to them about what you would do in that situation. So you hear the smoke alarm going off. What would you do first? Have a think about that or a chat to those you're with. For the second situation, you may remember scenes like this a few months ago on the television. Fears of a sharp rise in the price of toilet paper have prompted panic buying in Taiwan. People are stocking up to make sure they're not caught short. The price rise is linked to an increase in the cost of pulp, the main component of toilet paper. Authorities have called for calm. So you hear reports of panic buying in the shops. What would you do first? Have a think about that. For the third situation, I want you to imagine that you've overheard one of your friends saying something rather nasty about you. Or maybe you've read something online that they've written about you that really isn't very nice. So you've heard or read something that's really hurtful. What's the first thing you're going to do? I wonder what you would have done first in each of those situations. As I said, last week we were thinking about Peter and John and how they got into trouble when they carried on telling people about Jesus. Eventually, they were thrown into prison and when they were released the next day, they knew that if they continued to tell people about Jesus, there was going to be more and more trouble. So they went to tell the rest of the disciples what had been happening. I'm going to read about that bit now from the book of Acts chapter 4 and as I read this bit, I want you to notice what the first thing was that the disciples did when they heard about the trouble that was coming. As soon as Peter and John were set free, they returned to their group and told them what the chief priests and the elders had said. When the believers heard it, they all joined together in prayer to God. So when those early Christians got into difficulty, the first thing they did was to pray. 
I wonder whether that was the first thing you thought of in any of those situations we were thinking about earlier. Of course, sometimes you may need to do something else quite quickly. If you smell smoke and think there might be a fire, it's best to check if there is a fire and ring the fire brigade if there is, rather than just sit tight and pray a long prayer. But you could still be praying a very quick prayer of help Lord as you start to take action. And in the other two situations, I think it would definitely be helpful to pray first before you did anything else. When we first heard about the coronavirus, some people did start panicking and stocking up on toilet rolls and hand sanitizer and pasta. Other people got very worried or some people got very angry. You might well have done one of those things. But as a church, we wanted to pray. You may remember that very early on in the lockdown, we encouraged people to put candles in their windows as we all prayed at the same time one evening. And as time has gone by, we've continued to pray. And when we pray, we can expect God to answer our prayers. Let's hear what happened after those first Christians prayed together. When they finished praying, the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to proclaim God's message with boldness. God answered their prayers by sending the Holy Spirit very powerfully and making them bold and brave to carry on telling people about Jesus. So why don't we pray together now? Loving Father God, when we face difficult situations, help us to turn to you in prayer before we do anything else. We ask you too to help us to be brave enough to tell our friends and families about you. Give us courage when we don't feel that we are brave enough. Amen. And now I'm going to hand over to Rob for our action song. And this week, the actions are led by the Wicks family. In my wrestling and in my doubts, in my failures, you won't walk out. Your great love will lead me through. You are the peace in my troubled sea. Oh, you are the peace in my troubled sea. In the silence, you won't let go. In 
safe to shore. Today, I'm going to be using the P-R-A-Y prayers that some of us learned about on the prayer course and which the 24-7 prayer app uses each day. So P for pausing and being still. R for rejoicing and reflecting. A for asking God to help ourselves and help others. And Y for yielding to God's will in our lives. So let's pause first. I'm going to say the prayer that the 24-7 prayer app uses each day and then we'll just be silent for a few moments. Let's pray. As I enter prayer now, I pause to be still, to breathe slowly, to recenter my scattered senses upon the presence of God. Next, we're going to rejoice and reflect. 
I'm going to read a couple of verses from Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. We're going to spend some time now just thinking about all the wonderful things that God has made that give us joy. For me, this week that includes sunshine, barbecue food and my family. If you're with someone else, you might want to talk to them about what has brought you joy this week. Or if you're on your own, just spend a few moments now bringing those things to mind. Thank you, loving Father God, for the wonderful world you created and for all the things we have been able to enjoy this week. Amen. And now we're going to ask God to help those people we're concerned about. And I'm going to pray a prayer for some of those people now. Loving Father God, we pray for those people in the world who don't have access to health care or enough food or water to keep themselves healthy. We pray that you would help our own country and other richer countries to reach out to help people in those poorer countries and places. We pray too for any who are struggling with feeling isolated or lonely. Please make us aware of those in our own church family or local community who may be in need of companionship or support. And we pray also for ourselves and for anything that we are particularly finding hard at the moment. In a few moments of quiet, just tell God what those things are. Father, help us all with the things we are finding difficult. Help us to turn to you throughout the week whenever we are struggling. And finally, we yield to God's will in our lives. Loving Father God, please show us any ways in which you want us to serve you this week or any people you want us to reach out to. Let's just be quiet again for a few moments as we listen for any whispers from God. Loving Father God, thank you that you hear all our prayers and love to answer them. I'm going to end our prayers now by saying the Lord's Prayer and you might want to join in with this at home. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, 
now and forever. Amen. And now Rich and Alison are going to lead us in our next song.
Today's reading comes from Acts chapter 4, verses 23 to 31. The Believer's Prayer. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. My name's Adam. I'm one of the clergy at St Paul's. I'm really grateful to Sylvie for having read to us and indeed to Jan for having helped us to think about this passage a little, particularly in terms of what our first response is. As Jan was speaking, I was reminded of that song. I think it was Billy Ocean that sang, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. I wonder if we could get our worship team to rewrite that song to when the going gets tough, the tough get God. I've come to this location. It's one of two locations I'm going to be in today in a kind of guess where Adam's going to be next game. Uh, just to think about this passage a little bit more. We see and find this passage sandwiched between two hives of activity for the disciples. Firstly, as we looked at last week and as Jan mentioned, the disciples have just been defending their faith. Next week we'll be looking at how they go on to share their possessions. And yet in the middle we find this section where they bring their prayers and petitions before God. And I've come to this lockside just to think a little bit about balance today. The disciples have got this balance between prayer and action. If you were here last week with us, we sang the song that Ross has written for our community, As We Go, in there, as we go, prayer and action. We need both of these things. And sometimes it's easy for us to get unbalanced with one or the other. I wonder if that's true of you, which of those you become more unbalanced towards. You may have heard the phrase, uh, so heavenly minded that they're of no earthly good. Speaking of someone perhaps that spends so much time in prayer that they don't end up doing any action for God's kingdom. John Piper, who's an American author, said this, I know it's possible to be so heavenly minded that we're of no earthly use. My problem is I've never met one of those people. And I suspect if I met one, the problem would not be that his mind was full of the glories of God, but that his mind was empty and his mouth full of platitudes. I suspect that for every professing believer who is useless in this world because of his otherworldliness, there are hundreds of us who are useless because of their thisworldliness. So my first question for you this morning is whether or not you need to rebalance your lives a little. 
I've come to this lock, it's not the best illustration, and I'm stood here because on the other side of me you'll see the overflow. If the overflow wasn't there, if there weren't other overflows in the lock, if the lock was a sealed unit, and they left the gates at the top closed, eventually the land around that area would flood. Similarly, if we closed off all of that area and stopped the water flowing through and opened these gates, eventually the lock would start to dry out. We need this flowing water to come through, both in at the top, which I'm suggesting is like our prayer and our time with God, and at the bottom as the water goes out, our action. Otherwise, we'll end up overflowing, perhaps not necessarily a bad thing in God's terms, hence why this illustration doesn't always work. Or more accurately, perhaps we'll end up feeling dry and empty. So before we go to our next location, my first question for you. Are you today overflowing with God's presence, his power? Are you drawing near to him in everything that you do? So much so perhaps that you don't end up doing any of his work for his kingdom. Or are you, which I suspect as John Piper does, doing so much that you're allowing the dock to run dry today? Let's just have a moment to think about that whilst I go to the next location. I said a moment ago that the analogy of the lock was perhaps not the best one I could have chosen and I did so deliberately. Just a few days ago I was in a seminar with Jill Weber of 24-7 Prayer and she said we need to move away from this mindset where prayer is focused at a particular time, perhaps for a particular purpose, uh, maybe even in a particular place. I moved where, to a place where prayer becomes so part of our culture, it's interwoven into everything that we do and everything that we are. I think we see that in the lives of the disciples. That's why the first thing they turn to is to prayer. You'll remember, I've said this before, that in the ordinal when I was ordained, it said that we cannot bear the weight of this calling alone, but only by the grace and power of God. I think that's true for everyone, not just those of us who are ordained. We need the grace and power of God. Perhaps we'd be better to replace that lock imagery with the image of a river, with the Spirit of God flowing out us into everything that we do. The lock is also perhaps another, not a good analogy for another reason, because it suggests that the prayer that we do is static, that it's perhaps passive in the way that we do it. It's helpful. The reason I chose it uh, is because it's helpful for us to work out whether we need to rebalance ourselves. And perhaps today you need to think about how you can engage more in God's kingdom work. Or perhaps, as John Weber suggests, as most of us probably do, perhaps you need to find ways to draw near to God afresh and to be refilled by his spirit. But I've come here to Kenilworth Castle to think about the second thing that we see, I think, in this passage. Castles, the primary purpose of castles, are usually to protect the people that live within them. To a certain extent, that's true of our houses as well. If someone, when this castle was in its heyday, was inside, uh, and someone with a stick were to come and attack the side of the castle, I doubt it would have had much effect. 
But if an army were to come, maybe with cannons or with guns or with flaming arrows perhaps, and attack the castle, if the person were to just sit inside, eventually the castle would deteriorate and perhaps look a little like it does today. The realities of scripture that we see throughout is that we are in a spiritual battle of sorts. There are things going on in the spiritual realms that perhaps at times we don't see, but that affect the natural realms around us. Earlier this week, I was reading Ephesians 6, that famous passage on the armour of God. If you don't know it, I encourage you to go and to read it. As I did so, this is my uh, bedside devotional Bible, and within it, it's got some Holy Spirit-based commentaries. It says this, All of the armour of God is not just a passive protection in facing the enemy. It's to be used offensively against the satanic forces. Note Paul's final directive that we are to pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Thus prayer is not so much a weapon or even part of the armour as it is a means by which we engage in the battle itself and the purpose for which we are armed. To put on the armour of God is to prepare for battle. Prayer is the battle itself with God's word being our chief weapon employed against against Satan's during our struggle. Prayer is this battle with God's word, God's word being our chief weapon. God calls us in to engage in this warfare. So I wonder how you're feeling about prayer today. I wonder what you're thinking the primary purpose of prayer is. Prayer has so many purposes, perhaps chiefly it is to connect us with God to help us to draw closer and deeper into relationship with him. But prayer is also about this battle in the spiritual realms, about engaging in God's kingdom work in the spiritual realms. There is a battle going on in our nation, in our town, in our world at the moment. Think back to this castle analogy for a moment. What are you going to do in response to this? Are you going to sit in the safest room that you can, quietly, as the battle rages on behind you and the walls crumble around you? Or are you going to engage in that warfare, knowing that, as again it says in Ephesians, that we are seated with God in the heavenly realms, we are in this safe castle, a castle that will never crumble, and engage in that warfare using all the power and the tools that God has given us? I'd love to give us a moment to just pray and reflect and then I'll pray for us. So let's just have a moment of silence together. Lord, we thank you that you call us to pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. We thank you for the example uh, that the early church set of drawing near to you in prayer, of knowing the realities of the spiritual realms and the need to engage with that. Lord, would you call us out of that safe room at the back of the castle, hoping and praying that things will just go on around us and into this place where we engage with your word and engage in prayer to see your kingdom come. Holy Spirit, draw near to us afresh this morning. Inspire us and help us to know your presence with us 
and in us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing our final song together. So I'm going to hand over to Rich and Alison as we do that.
you, Rich and Alison, for leading our worship this morning. Just before I close with a prayer of blessing, there are a few notices to give. Uh, Jan and Adam have been helping us to think about prayer this morning. Uh, one of the ways you can be more involved in praying for the life of our church is by signing up for one of the different prayer groups. Lots of the different areas of our church have a team of prayers and we send out emails with things for prayer. For example, the children's ministry or the youth ministry or students or many of the different ministries. Uh, later on today, Jan will send an email inviting you to sign up for one or more of those prayer groups so that you can be well informed and pray for what's going on. That will come out later today. I want to say something about our students. It is wonderful to have such a great crowd of students as part of our church family. Uh, today is their end of term and they've been denied a normal graduation, those who are leaving, but Adam and Ed and the team are organising a sort of Zoom graduation for them this afternoon. Do pre please pray for them, especially those who are leaving. Uh, and if you're a student uh, who's been worshipping with us, do get in contact with Adam and sign up for that event this afternoon. Uh, while thinking about students, can I just thank Adam for overseeing all our students uh, and Ed who's coordinated the team and put in lots of work for the last two years and to the rest of the team, that's Jack and Chowie and Hugh and Zoe and Juliet and Jess and Johnny and indeed Ed. We are very, very grateful to you all and especially to Ed who's standing down from this role after doing it for two years. Do please be praying too for Jem Wardle, who you'll remember we appointed as our student worker who starts in the autumn, and for the new team that will be gathering around him as they prepare for the new wave of students joining us in the autumn. Uh, finally, to say that after the blessing, you're welcome to join us uh, over Zoom for a Zoom coffee and chat. Uh, that will be at 11 o'clock or shortly after this service. The link is in Jan's Friday email. And then this evening, Adam and Jess are going to lead us in a time of uh, open live worship from 7.45 here on YouTube or Facebook. Uh, we don't often get the chance to worship leisurely and live, so I invite you to join Adam and Jess for that this evening at 7.45. Now receive this prayer of blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look kindly on you and give you his peace. So may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit rest upon you and shine through you this day and forevermore. Amen.